right when you don't know what to do just keep on breathing from beautiful los angeles california <laughs> the city of angels they say sometimes i think it's a city of fallen angels but uh normally we would have my co-host adrian gruberg from uh, the caregiver space uh, representing the big apple in new york city but she's moving we all know how stressful moving can be so we're just giving her some grace and uh, i'm going solo here and we are coming to you live 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks. Should I say all 26 of them? Okay, I'll try. iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, CastBox, MixCloud, Listen Notes, Blueberry, Player FM, Podcast.com, VIP Internet Radio, TuneIn.com, Facebook Live, Owl's Tale, Ubook, CaregiverDave.com, CastBox, Twitter, LinkedIn, 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 I never know how to say that one, LinkedIn. <laughs> Feedspot, Podbean, and a brand new one, Verbal, spelled V-U-R-B-L. In fact, we're proud we voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM, number two on Feedspot out of the top 60, and number two on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Uh, we have Lisa Evers. I just think she's a great guest, and you're going to hear all about what's going on with her. But before we get started, I want to thank, thank last week's guest, Susanna Stostia, Stoika, i got to pronounce that right, uh, author of Healing Your Brain, Reclaiming Your Life, a PhD in computer engineering. She worked on defining advanced technologies and has several U.S. patents. Very smart lady. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews, including this one on caregiverdave.com or any of our other 26 global networks that I laboriously mentioned a moment ago. <laughs> all right, enough of that. Lisa Leshko Evers, MBA, BSN, RN, all those letters, and has enjoyed 35 years of nursing practice with a focus in emergency nursing, addiction medicine. Yes. And when the FDA approved opioids for children ages 11 to 17, she began asking new questions about pain and listening deeply. It's about time. Somebody was yes. doing that. <laughs> and after years of study, Comfort Quest was born, a transformative, hopeful lens through which pain is viewed as a healing messenger. Now, there's a concept. <laughs> no longer needed to me. As a veteran herself, retiring after 32 years from the Coast Guard Reserve. Wow, congratulations. Thank you for Thank your service. You. Lisa seeks to use Thank this you. tool program to also help other veterans struggling with pain and partnered with her community to resurrect hope, empower healing, and decrease suicides, which are on the rise. Yes, they are. To relax and rebalance her own body, mind, spirit, Lisa enjoys digging in her garden. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Fingernails. That's it. Found items and spending quality time with family locally in Florida and New England. Lisa, welcome to the show, and we're so excited thanks. to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. This is um, wonderful. Pleasure. And I always like to ask my guests, just who is Lisa Leshko Evers, and why was she placed on this earth? 
the question, isn't it? And I think if we ask ourselves yeah. that question, we <laughs> tend to get the right answer. Um, so we have to uh, reconnect to spirits and figure that that one out. So mm -hmm. um, I think that I was actually placed on this earth to be brave enough to ask difficult questions when going along with the normal status quo just doesn't seem to be working any longer. Um, and as a nurse for 35 years, as you mentioned, um, you know, I had hoped to say that at this point in my career that people were feeling so much better and just extremely healthy and that our, you know, our um, body, mind and spirit were all on track and just doing fabulously well in this country and in the world. But I think even before COVID, um, we were having some challenges. And so, as you mentioned, that little piece about, um, you know, children and opioid um, prescriptions being FDA approved made me really start asking questions because like many nurses and physicians and anyone in healthcare, um, I think it's like 70, 75% of the um, initial complaints when folks come to see their physicians, either in the ED or, you know, primary care, it's rooted in pain. And we have not been doing a great job with healing deeply, um, especially chronic pain. We do great in the emergency room when someone comes in with a heart attack, you know, and they're having that crushing chest pain. We can give them the morphine, boom, pain is relieved. Yeah. We give them clot busters and take care of their, the situation. And I think that's the key. We have to get to what is actually causing the pain. And... I, pain is your I'm going to suggest right? that we're not doing a good job with that yet. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a new concept. Uh, are you getting a lot of um, support from the medical community, or is are you a lone wolf uh, like well, John the Baptist know, preaching to the desert? You know. <clears throat> but you know, I don't mind doing that because it takes all. It takes <clears throat> is really throwing enough spaghetti on the wall. Eventually, something's going to stick. Is my theory. <laughs> So, so you are um, alone, I, kind of, yes or no? Yes, it's not. I mean, okay. I've been published as far as um, with the American Holistic Nurses Association. They saw value in, um, in my um, vision back in August of 2017. And um, with their support and having it published, at least at that point, I, would, I continued on in grad school and did more exploration from a scientific perspective and research with this concept. But it really is very simple. Um, if we continue resisting things, I mean, Carl Jung said that mm. oh so many years ago, that which we resist persists. And so I started thinking about that. And um, many years ago in the emergency department, I had a patient, or had you know many patients, they would come in laughing and talking on the cell phone, eating and all of that. And we would I would assess them and ask them in addition to their regular vital signs and such, you know, okay, are you having any pain? And if so, what is your pain level? And, you know, without even giving it a second thought, they would say, oh, it's 10 out of 10. I'm like, 10 out of 10, the worst pain ever that you've ever had, that's what you're experiencing right now? And they're like, oh yeah, that's it's really, really bad. So what I decided, or what I started to hypothesize is that we're just fueling um, the continuation of this 
process this, I want to call it a bit of an epidemic because obviously it is. We keep using more and more pain meds and not getting a great outcome. And I won't bore you with the statistics because they're all out there, you know, whether it's, um, you know, how many opioids we're using. And of course, I have no problem with the um, appropriate use of any and all modalities. And of course, pain medication is fabulously important. But what I'm um, hoping to share, especially with your audience, is that we need to drill down to authentically and honestly say, how do we feel right now on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being what we want, the best we've ever felt. And in many cases, especially people who suffer with chronic pain, they've struggled with this issue for so long that they can't even really remember feeling good without being medicated. So what do you recommend for them, by the way? Pardon? What do you recommend for them, by the way? For them? Well, it, I mean, still, we have to break that cycle. So I just, I invite people to ask that new question. Every morning when you wake up, how great do I feel today? How do I feel if I envision 10 being the best I've ever felt? Now, it's real interesting when you do that because taking ourselves down um, memory lane, regardless of when it was, we, um, our bodies think we're there. And so our minds release those neurochemicals that put us in that spot. So for example, think about eating a lemon. It's not related <laughs> to pain, but what happens when you think about eating a lemon? Immediately, most of the people, whether you like them or not, your salivary glands start secreting and it's as though you're eating a lemon. Now, are you really eating a lemon? I got a, a better lemon? one. Think about scratching a chalkboard. Oh, yes, exactly. That drives people crazy just thinking about it. Yes, all of those things. So you can, <laughs> you can get that physiological hit and experience just by taking yourself to that either positive or negative place. So my thought is we want to envision what we want. And if we envision the positive and being comfortable authentically, that releases good neurochemicals in our bodies. Um, serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, all of those sorts of things. That just normally flows in our body. And guess what happens when you do that? Whatever pain you may have been experiencing actually starts to moderate and come down all on its own. And so my thought is, especially for people in a day-to-day -day experience, how hard is it just to ask a hopeful, positive question instead of reliving that worst pain ever experience? And that's why, that's simple. Well, I, I used to have chronic pain too, and I know a lot of people who do, uh, where my pain was 10 or nine or eight. Yeah. And for me, I would just hope and pray and wish that it would go down to a five. Right. You know? I'm not asking but, you to take it away. Just just yeah. reduce it, you know, to where it's tolerable. Yes. And that would that would work also, right? Yes. Yeah. Um and with that, however, what I what I um want to share is that if you're wanting it to go down, you're fighting against it. See what I mean? You're actually saying, okay, body, you're telling me 
that I'm really uncomfortable. So thanks for sharing, but I really don't want to hear that right now. <laughs> and my it's thought... Kind of the, kind of the way we re react to our mother. Um, yes, and I've had that experience <laughs> rather recently. So yeah, that's another whole story. But <laughs> in any case, um, when we don't take our body's messages seriously, um, and, and pain is our body's way of trying to communicate to us that something is something needs our attention. Right. We put our hand put our hand on the stove. If we say, "Oh, ouch, that hurts," but you know, I'm just going to wish that it is a five instead of a ten out of ten, and I'm going to envision it being a five instead of a ten. But you don't take your hand off the stove, you're still going to have that pain, right? So um, it's without, I don't really want to make it complicated because it really is, um, my, my desire is that we start actually listening again to our bodies. And when yeah. it gives us a warning sign, it's not trying to be mean, it's trying to say we're off balance. And it's not just pick a number, but the next question is after you've picked a number of where you are on that zero to 10, 10 being the best, do you think it's something really deeply related to your body, your mind, or your spirit that might be out of balance trying to get your attention? Yeah. And sometimes people can't immediately articulate the answer to that, but it is one of those three things um, and sadly, in medicine, um, over the course of the last at least 25 years, we've we focus almost exclusively on the body piece. And if we can't figure out how that pain trigger goes to all of these different places, and we're going to stop it at some point to make it better, it's like no, we don't really understand. And and they don't. We don't understand chronic pain. And so if we don't understand it then why don't we just try a different approach to possibly helping moderate it while you're, while you're discovering, actually for yourself, um, what the root cause might be. Well, that's so true, you know, and I think about it. I didn't even realize it until you said it. But, you know, I'm a caregiver of 25 years, and my mm -hmm. wife lost her speech, became paralyzed one side. Um, uh, speech impaired. Uh, she has mm -hmm. to play charades and uh, Pictionary, two games I hate, uh, by the way, uh, when she wants to communicate something. And a lot of people look at me, you know, from the outside in and say, oh, that poor guy, you know, he lost yeah. his wife and, and uh, you know, he must be so depressed. But actually, you know, we went through the grief process and went through all right. of those things, the depression sure. and the anger and all of that stuff and came to acceptance and say, you know what, mm -hmm. it isn't too bad. And uh, it's just a new normal, and I'm happy. I'm happier than I've ever been. My wife's happier than she's ever been in our condition that we are in. And right. yet we must have done what you have explained um, sure. because we should be miserable, right? <laughs> well, by, by outside <coughs> by standards, the yes. By the yeah. world's definition. But I would venture to guess yeah. that you probably have a strong spiritual connection. We whatever do. that might be and if we're going gonna... through this there must be a good reason god's not done yes. with us yet uh i know right. a lot of people look at look at helen keller look at just i mean yeah. the list is endless of the people who have disabilities or you know they were uh, counted out by the world <laughs> they never make it and yet there's the superstars you know right 
Well, and God doesn't make any junk. So whatever happens, and that's that's the piece. And I think sadly, we've been pushed, we've been pushing God and our spirituality out of our lives over the course of at least my my lifetime, the last sure. 60 years. Um, and to me, it seems extremely obvious, but even in my nursing practice, it was never anything that was, shall I say, easy to incorporate, like seamlessly into our caregiving. So if a person had, you know, a very stressful situation that needed the chaplain or something, then that would be fine. Or we had some nurses who were very comfortable praying with people. But what I was looking for was to try to build a tool that would be useful with a one-stop shop that basically says, let's look at com you know, pain slash comfort, and then let's drill down without having to get another piece of paper mm -hmm. to analyze yet another tool. It's like body, mind, or spirit, and it can, it can change on a daily basis or on a you know, hourly basis, whatever is um, you know, your biggest concern. So um, I really want to be able to put all the pieces back together again. And like you were saying with you and your wife, body, mind, and spirit. Yes, your, your wife's body was impacted by the stroke, right. but her mind, you know, she, could, she relearned things and her spiritual yeah. connection and her connection with you got deeper. Yeah, and it and didn't so, happen overnight, you know, there's no. the grief process, you know, and it took a couple yes. of years. So right. if you're going through that, be patient, you know, let yeah. the grief process, That's it. Uh, you know, it, grief is not a destination, it's a process. Yes. And, and so and the same uh, thing with everything else. I mean, life is a process, if you really think um, about it. And <laughs> where, you know, um, I'm not sure where we got convinced <clears throat> that we needed to be pain-free in this country, but that was not a, well, you know, because my first iteration of my pain scale, when I first did it, it was like, yeah, the pain-free scale. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, that's not it at all. I want people to learn how to feel authentically again, whatever it is that they are feeling, be able to give voice to that. And I think if we can do that, people feel better because they don't feel like they're stuffing down their feelings, which eventually come up like a volcano um, inappropriately yeah. um, if they're not oh. you know, addressed. Yeah, and nobody is really, I mean, nobody is pain-free. Um, if you have no physical pain, I bet you have emotional scars from your yes. past. If, if right. you're uh, good in that area, I bet you are uh, feeling some pain with your finances. I mean, there is yeah, something, uh, relationships, I mean, the list is endless. There's uh, always some pain right. somewhere in your life. Otherwise, well, we'd be in heaven rejoicing, yes, you know? or someplace else, you know? I mean, wherever. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the key, Dave. You hit it on the nose because... <clears throat> When we use our pain scale today, the way it is existing currently, um, the zero to 10, 10 being the worst pain ever, um, the goal is to just push it down and to make the patient comfortable. Like you were saying, being a four or five right. was the goal. 
but are we really getting to the root cause? Because once that pain medication wears off, whatever was going on is still going to be going on. And I'm just offering this as just another way of looking at things and to then say, oh my goodness, my body's not broken. It's really trying to tell me to focus on something else for a little while. Uh And then, you know, you fix that or you not even fix it, you deal with it. Um, And, you know, whether, like you were saying, it could be a a relationship with someone. It could be a million and one different things. But the only one who knows that answer is the person you're dealing with. And that's where the listening comes in. And sadly, we've been told not to really honestly express what we feel. (laughs) Have you run into that? (laughs) Not so, I mean, in the media these days, you know, if you really have an idea or a thought that may not be, that might be outside of the. Yeah, there's a lot of censorship going on. You said that, not me. Yes. So, listen, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. When we get back, we'll talk about uh, the concept of burnout and why, why it happens, who it happens to, how we can prevent it, and so on, if possible. We don't have burnout. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we're back with our guest, Lisa Lesko Evers. Got three names there. She must be important. And a bunch of letters (laughs) after her name. So she's very important. And Mm -hmm. you're on the Caregiver Dave Show. I'm Dave Nassani. Thank you. And uh, we are talking about a lot of different things. Pain and acceptance and burnout and all sorts of things. So in my new book, um, what's the title? What's the title? What's the title? Secrets from the Hammock. (laughs) So many books, so many titles. Um, uncommon sense, no, uncommon wisdom for uncommon times. I think that's it. I've changed it so that many times. That sounds good. I buy and it. And I talk about the six areas of wisdom that a person needs to have in their life, you know. And it is uncommon. You know, there's emotional wisdom. Mm-hmm. There's physical wisdom. There's yep. financial wisdom. There's relational wisdom. There's mental wisdom. And there's spiritual wisdom. And nice. for a person to be successful in their life, they need all of those. And you need goals for all of those, you know? You yeah. can have, uh, you know, you talk about the millionaire who's, who's 
upset financially and anyone would envy his position and he commits suicide, you know, or, uh, yeah. And, and just, uh, you know, figure it out yourself. You can have a bodybuilder, you know, who, who's not too smart upstairs, you know, in the mental department and so on. So yeah, we need to be a, a holy, what's the word? The holistic, right? It is. Uh, it is. approach of the mind, body, soul, spirit, etc. Yes. And that's yes. uh sounds like what you're doing, a very balanced approach. So let's talk about burnout. Why yes. do people, especially caregivers, why do they yes. burn out? Because uh, everybody well, does. And I, I speak um, in this book, I'm trying not to concentrate on caregiving uh, because I'm realizing that the same problems that caregivers have are the same problems that people in general have and that they just right. become... Uh, accentuated and magnified when they become a caregiver. So if we can deal with their problems before they become a caregiver, it's going to help them when they become a caregiver. So that's my my logic in this new book about wisdom, because um, there's not a lot of wisdom going around, especially when you turn on the radio or listen to our politicians. There's absolutely no wisdom in that. Did I just say that out loud? Okay, yes, so. and I'm going to go ahead and say yes, and I'm going to cheer in your in your favor. <laughs> so let's talk about burnout. What? How do we avoid right. it? What is it? Why? Okay. So, as a nurse who has burnt out in the past, oh. um, not pleasant because when I burnt out the first time, <laughs> I didn't even know that I had burnt out. Um, because uh, the ugly road of I, denial, yes. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Well, I mean, I didn't know what it was at the time until I had gotten to the end, and I was like, oh, then you go, well, yes, you have been agitated, and you can't sleep, and you don't want to go to work, and you're, you know, you're. But what typically happens, my understanding is that people who burn out are typically those perfectionists, those overachievers who really want things to run smoothly and to run well, and this is how it's going to be. And we will Sounds like a perfectionist also. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, we will do whatever needs to be done to, er, to, to make it happen. And nurses are notorious that we do that um, because with limited resources, limited staffing, whatever, we still have to take care of all of the patients that come into the, wherever we're working, the ER, telemetry, whatever um, floor, and we have to do it with a smile and safely and perfect because if we don't do it right, someone could die. I mean, literally, someone could die. So yeah. the... Um, gets back again to being able to honestly feel and articulate what's going on because instead of stopping long enough to say, wow, there's a problem here, we just keep pushing through. And we're like, oh, we don't have time to think about any of this. We're just going to push, push, push. And then, you know, you finish your shift and you get home and you're totally exhausted, but you can't sleep because your mind's going a mile a minute. And so you have to have a drink, perhaps, or whatever, to get to sleep, and the whole cycle begins the next day. So the key is to realize that, especially as caregivers, as human beings who are in relationship with other human beings, we cannot be our best if we don't take care of ourselves. And that's not being selfish. That's like you're being on the airplane, which I'm sure you've used this analogy before, 
And when those oxygen masks drop down, you're supposed to put yours on first so that you can breathe and stay healthy so that you can help others. And it's a very simple thing to do um, until it isn't and you're pushed and pushed and pushed. But I've told a lot of my colleagues and that we just have to be all right with saying no on occasion and not no in a harmful, hateful way, but no, I can't do anything more and I need help with yeah. this. And if we can do that, we are taking care of ourselves. We feel empowered when we do that. And then we can take better care of others when we're feeling like that. But if we just keep sucking it up and pushing through, um, we become resentful and mm. It's not a very pleasant experience until then someone says, you know, you're not a very good fit here any longer. And then you go and look for something else to do. Not that anything bad ever happened, but you know, you get to a point after, a, and, and thank God, because if someone doesn't change your course and you're burnt out, the chances are that you may hurt yourself or someone else. Yeah. So we have to be okay to stop and pause, check in with ourselves. And I didn't have Comfort Quest at the time, but the same kind of thing. How do I feel right now? And, you know, no matter if you're pushing through, you're certainly not at your peak experience. You're barely hanging on. And we have to ask ourselves what is going on in life that we can actually do something about. And I think that's where the listening comes in. We have to be honest. That's, I think, the hardest thing because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, right? I mean, that seems to be um, some of why we, we don't say what we'd like to say because sure. we don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Let me, let me ask a question. Um... So you talk about being um, honest and positive, mm -hmm. um, you know, and how we can um, um, process our feelings truthfully and still have hope. But yet, you know, what's the danger of, of not doing that, of stuffing down our difficult feelings? I mean, it, it's some kind of a balance. How do we be positive and not deny reality? That's the key. So let's just <clears throat> think about, and I, I – I liken this to if we have someone come in with a cut on their skin and we just put a Band-Aid on it and we don't take the time to irrigate the wound and get all that junk out, we can put the Band-Aid on, you can hope for the best, you can give them the antibiotics and the pain meds or whatever, but over a course of a period of time, that wound is going to get infected. If there's anything trapped inside that has not been removed, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever, whatever trauma, and it gets stuffed down, it becomes an abscess. And under pressure, that abscess is going to pop and explode, and it's typically not a pleasant thing when that happens. It doesn't, and it's, doesn't sound pretty. No, it's not pretty. Um, it's not pretty when a wound does that, and it's especially not pretty when a professional has an explosion in the middle of a busy, you know, medical department. And, and sadly, that I'm seeing that happen with 
many caregivers and looking at some of the um, articles that have been written recently about um, nurses are committing suicide more than physicians now, which I had just really? read, which, yes. Oh. Um, yeah, it's high for nurses. caregivers as well. Yes, it's, it's crazy. Um, so I, there's no quick, there's no quick and easy answer, but I would like to suggest that if we start being honest with ourselves, take the kid gloves off, get in there, open up the wound, let it all get irrigated with support. You don't just turn somebody loose and say, all right, relive all the trauma that went on in your life and then, you know, puke all over the place. That's not the thing either. We have to do it in a supportive setting and you can use your resources like you've always used your um, psychologists, your psychiatrists, your, you know, any of your, um, your spiritual advisors. Support anyone. groups. Yes, exactly. So, but as we're working through all that, we envision what we want and we say, okay, it's not great right now but I know that I've been in a really good place before, and maybe it was when I was 12 years old riding my bike down a hill with no hands, whoosh, fabulous, having the greatest time. I've been there before, I can be there again. So let those good neurochemicals help you feel better naturally, and then you'll get the ability to look at things more objectively. And then you just ask yourself, body, mind, or spirit, what is the top thing that is get, trying to get your attention? And if we take care of that really annoying thing that we keep pushing down, nine times out of 10, everything else falls into place as well. And it takes, like you said, it takes a little bit of time, yeah. but again, we have to have a supportive, hopeful process to use and a, I think of it as a lighthouse because of course my background is in the Coast Guard, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've always loved lighthouses, but- And, I, and I'm a sailor. Okay, so you familiar get Familiar with the Coast Guard. Uh, yeah, so you get this um, analogy. So if we don't, if we don't have a map or an end destination, we're just floating along and could be end up anywhere, right? So we have to know where we're headed. So that's where, you know, a positive vision comes in. But then the lighthouse as well tells us when we're getting off, when we're in dangerous waters. So right. there's rocks over here and you want to avoid that. But if you're out to sea and you see nothing, that lighthouse is at least a reminder that you are close to where you want to be, yep. um, to stay off the rocks. Um, and just keep trusting and, and doing the right things to adjust your course towards that and then mm -hmm. to your final destination. And you've got science on your side, right? I mean, explain what harnessing positive neurochemicals and dopamine and serotonin All that kind of stuff. does for burned out uh, individuals. Okay. So the... Um, you probably heard of the serotonin, the SSRIs, the antidepressants. Have you heard about those ones? Not really. No, nope. okay. I don't get around much. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Um, so I I think that this particular picture, well, and before I go to the little picture, um, what people don't understand, I think, is that our bodies create 
all of the neurochemicals and the antibodies, all of the fabulous things that we need to stay healthy, okay, and to stay balanced. If we are sluggish and sad and not moving and all of that, then those neurochemicals go, wah, wah. you know, there's no reason for anything to really be moving much. So what we need to do or what happens then if you um, start with the positive mindset and get up and move and get your body going, get all of that spinning around again, basically your body's neurochemicals are, and you're reliving those positive memories, the happiness, the, some of the, um, the big neurochemical that's released with happiness is serotonin. So when I hear about, um, you know, folks who are told that they need a pill to replace or to fix their serotonin levels being low, I would suggest that as we're doing that, as we're working through this process, we encourage patients to think about when they were the happiest they ever were in life or when they fell in love. Just going back through those memories increases naturally your dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin. Yeah. The music the can be very powerful. I can hear a song that I was uh, playing when I was dating in, as a teenager and all of a sudden I'm there. So yeah. Show us what, and so, tell us what you're showing us there. Okay, so this has been one of my favorite things that I found online a number of years ago. But the happiness, or excuse me, love, is the one emotion that really dumps a lot of all of the healing neurochemicals. Serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin. And so mm -hmm. those, if you take yourself back to when you fell in love with your wife and all of that, all of those neurochemicals are automatically released. Versus if we stay in a place of anxiety and depression, everything is very, very low. And this just two seconds, you can see the huge difference. Even if you can't read everything, it's obvious that with anxiety and depression and fear, which we are inundated with 24 seven, are we not yeah. with um, the, um, oh, yeah. news that drives our good neurochemicals down and even worse it jacks up the cortisol which goes ahead and harms our immune system and our adrenaline and that makes us all tachycardic and anxious so we are truly chemical soups but we have the <laughs> ability to balance them ourselves as well the trick is when you take anything from outside of your body and take it in, even like melatonin, like for sleep, because a lot of people will do that. Because melatonin is naturally released by your, um, in your um, pituitary gland, mm -hmm. you don't want to take it all the time because if your body already has it circulating in your bloodstream, your brain says, I don't have to release it. So it stops releasing it because it doesn't have to do the work. It's already got the melatonin floating around. Same thing with, we'll take pain and folks who have been on opioids for a long, long time. Their bodies are used to a certain level of um, opioids floating around. 
When that happens, our bodies can't release the endorphins like they normally would, which is like our, our natural morphine, our natural um, pain medication. So it takes some time. And I think that was brilliant what you said. All of this is a process. So you can't just turn one off and expect the other one to come full gangbusters. It has to be you titrate one down as you exercise and do good things for yourself and then your natural ones come up. And again, it's not an all or nothing thing. It's just about um, finding that balance. And I just think it's fascinating to learn how fabulous our bodies are and with support what our bodies are capable of doing um, to take care of us. But we just need to be willing to do our small little part and not mess it up. Cool. Hey, we're up on another break, so we're going to be right back. Don't go away. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. And we're back with Lisa Leshko Evers on the Caregiver Dave Show. And, what fun. Uh, and I am Dave Nassani and we're talking about a lot of stuff that caregivers need to be listening <laughs> to. Burnout, uh, pain, um, dopamine, <laughs> serotonin. <laughs> you don't know it's what like those words much. are. Yeah. Yeah. Not too much. The, well, but you know what? They're the happy neurochemicals. And they're the ones who basically, you know, they're the um, neurochemicals in our bodies that help us regulate our mood, our motivation, all of those things. Um, Dopamine more for mood stabilization, um, excuse me, dopamine for um, motivation and serotonin more for mood stabilization. Mm -hmm. But the thing is we don't want, well, artificially adjusting things to what someone else out there thinks our body should be doing. Just, I, well, judging from the suicides and the overdoses and all of those sorts of things, um, I'd suggest that that is not helping us. Um, has science like figured out, has sci I'm sorry to interrupt. Has no. science figured out how to increase dopamine and serotonin and all those things? Well, certain, med certain foods that you eat will do that. Um, yeah, but that's nature. Nature, well, uh, yeah. certainly, you know, that's nature's drugs, right? But has right. science figured out, uh, you know, when they take an opioid, what does that do to those levels? Well, it, um, what it does is, when they take an, out, an opioid outside of the body, one that is not being produced naturally, 
-hmm. It just tells your body that, oh, I don't have to produce any of my own because the outside is, I'm taking it exogenously. And exogenously means just outside the body. It's like a pill form. Um, And then when you stop, there's withdrawal, and that's kind of nasty too. Exactly. Same thing with cortisol, those sorts of things. So have you ever had, um, not that, I mean, cortisol has its place. Have you ever had like an allergy, re- an allergic reaction and needed to take steroids or anything? Yeah. So if you have a bad allergic reaction and to save your life, we need to give you steroids to stop that inflammatory process. What you'll find when you go home after you've had the IV stuff to save your life, you'll take what's called a, um, a dose pack and you start with um, a large amount and you titrate down. So as you're titrating down with the steroid, then your body gets to start taking over and remembering that it needs to make some of it itself. Because if you don't make your natural cortisol, you will die. I mean, a little bit. So so how do we get it the right way? You said diet. Oh, yeah, diet, exercise, sleep, um, listening. All the things we hate, right? (laughs) Right. But and, And that's you know, where I think we've come full circle. And I, that's where I think COVID has really, I, I'd like to say, given us um, a time to stop and reflect a little bit. So if we've taken time to use this break, I guess, um, effectively and in a meaningful way, many people have realized that they have needed to spend more time with family, you know, but not too much. <laughs> <laughs> but they've needed to rest. They've, you know, walking in the in the garden, taking taking, you know, 20, 30 minute walks with your loved ones and talking to your kids. Um, fabulously important. Those are the things that we had not been doing when we were in the go, 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 more, more, more um, <laughs> time prior to COVID. So I don't like the whole new normal, but I like the concept of saying less is more maybe um and that we need to just as like a triage nurse i'm always prioritizing things what's the most important thing to do right now and we have to take care of ourselves um and and even our our um the folks that we need to take care of if we that whole again without beating a dead horse with the pain thing but if we can start having our clients, our patients, our loved ones focus on when you were, when was your, when did you feel the best, you know, and focus on that as the goal. And then we talk about that. And it's so much nicer to relive those beautiful long-term, you know, memories than it is to say, oh, well, what is your pain level right now? And let's give you something for that. Well, yes, you want them to be comfortable, but I would, argue that sometimes the thing that would make them most comfortable is having a really meaningful conversation with the caregiver for a period of time. You know, say that thing that you haven't taken the time to say. Good, bad, or otherwise. I mean, both people need to be alert enough and cognizant to have those those conversations and to do it in a loving way. That's my goal. So... um adamant about saying uh, you need to be listened to you know caregivers need to be listened to we all need to be listened i definitely want to be heard by whoever i you know want to say something to but a lot of people aren't listening they're 
thinking about how they're going to respond to you. And maybe they're not even paying attention to what you're saying. They're just right. maybe the first sentence is, oh, I know what I'm going to say back. Yeah. So let's talk about listening to each other. And uh, I guess COVID might have taught us that. I don't know. So, um, and I think that it starts with, well, listening to one another for sure. But um, I had a conversation in the car with my mom coming home from a family event. And my goal is I want her to be honest and to tell me what she really thinks about things. And in mm. her mind, <laughs> I am. Let me know how that say, works out for you, by the way. <laughs> well, it it was interesting. So in her mind, she wants to say the right thing. And I'm like, mom, I love you. And the right thing is the honest thing because I can't make a next decision on something that's not accurate. Or because correct. then we're all, yeah. I mean, it's just like, ah. Um, so if I ask you a question, I'm not trying to be interrogative or, you know, like, um, the water toward waterboarding, you're going to give me the truth, but <laughs> I like, I want your honest, honest thoughts, not what you think everybody else wants to hear. And I think we need to do that ourselves. And I think, um, all they that don't said, need Jack, Jack Nicholson. Thing. You can't handle the truth. Handle the truth. <laughs> well, we can't, um, in many cases. <laughs> so we have, because I think we're so used to the facade of who we are and all of that. And so to honestly like come across unfiltered and just, and that's like having this conversation with you today is so much fun because I think it is sort of unfiltered. It's, it's great. Um, and it's so important to have honest, these discussions. <laughs> Pardon? We're being we, honest, aren't we? We are, we are. Even and before we went on the air, we were, we were honest. So we, we <laughs> can't bear that. At the end of all, Everybody, you know, hopefully folks who are listening might get a pearl of wisdom here and there, but um, it's all about giving ourselves encouragement and um, permission to be first honest with ourselves because we can't expect anybody else to be honest unless we're honest with ourselves. And um, I think that was a good question as far as, um, you know, why, did, yeah. why are you on the earth? What are we here to do? Um, and it's not even what we're here to do. It's like, who are we supposed, who did God make us out to be? Yeah. And, and if and we it's stay not like we, it's not way. like, I'm sorry, interrupting man. That's okay. It's not like we um, uh, have great role models to follow. I mean, uh, the central banks and, and uh, you know, the uh, people in government, they're mm -hmm. either very, very stupid or very, very dishonest because they're like lying to us. I mean, uh, uh, principles of economics, you know, and, and right. printing money and, and borrowing and all, all the things that was just a given for hundreds of years, all yeah. of a sudden they're like almost their wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, I know what it looks like, but uh, here's what we're saying now. Yeah, right. And it's like, oh my gosh, really? You're, you're, you're lying to it. Us. Yeah, I, I still don't get the whole Klaus Schwab you will own nothing and you will be happy. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> let's start with you. So give us your billions or trillions. You own nothing and we'll be happy. Fabulous. I mean, I'm waiting for them to do yeah. be the first so folks Basically, to... they're saying, uh, now go and do likewise. You know, yeah. go lie to your friends, your family, your no. uh, boss, etc. No, it's, it's, but we have to, again, it gets back to the truth. And we have to be willing to say, do you hear what you're saying? This, I know. Two plus two does not equal five. 
I'm not playing Brave New World. I'm not playing 1984. No, no. And there are many other things where people say one thing and it's obviously that's not the truth. And I'm like, the pronoun issue is really confusing. So we have to really just say, and I, I support everybody through whatever challenge they're, they're going through, but isn't, is it right for us to go along with what would have 30, 40 years ago been considered delusional right. observations? Nothing's changed. And, and only us older people know this. I mean, there are <laughs> young know. people who have never seen a stock market crash because every time there's a correction, the Fed comes in and fixes it. And exactly. so, you know, it, it's taken care of. So they don't have the perspective that older people yet have. Right. Yet us older We've people, done. we're just old fashioned and we're, we're yeah. closed minded and, and, you know, you got to think out of the box and, oh my gosh, really? We're, no, and it's really strange now because, quite honestly, those of us who are not drinking the Kool-Aid are actually asking those questions that I thought were the questions that were supposed to be asked in the 60s on the college campuses when, yeah. you know, everybody was pushing against the man. And now... Yeah, what role is reversal. Going? Yeah, it's... All the people, all the reversal. hippies in the 60s were <laughs> anti-establishment and, you know, freedom of speech... Them. And yeah. now they're running the country, and yeah. they just flipped on us. Now, they no, did. no, you can't say that. We're censoring you. We're canceling you. And these right. are the same hippies. They, so they, I mean, exactly right. Exactly right. Um, and so they flipped it on us. So I'm going to flip the pain <laughs> scale, and we're going to go ahead and go with it that way. So <laughs> we're going to have I didn't a whole mean new to get paradigm. Political. <laughs> Hope yeah, we don't get canceled. <laughs> it's crazy. It is All right, crazy. getting back to the topic at hand. Um, <laughs> What was that? Uh, listening. Uh, so you have body, mind, spirit challenges, and listening can yeah. help that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we're not only listening to other people, we're listening to our bodies. How do you listen to your body? How do you how do you know if your emotions are out of whack? How do you know if your body is out of whack, the physical body? How do you know if mm -hmm. your spirit is out of whack? What? Right. Give us some tips. Okay. Okay. So again, it, I I like to try to do it in a like an organized fashion so it and, starts and with you only have three minutes question. by the way go ahead that's okay it'll be quick <laughs> so the first question is how do i feel right now on that scale zero to ten ten being the best best time of like okay so right now i'm about a five and the reason i'm a five is because i missed a step yesterday and i toppled down with a handful of stuff you fell on a real my step rib. i missed i had a misstep literally and my <laughs> body is what is the problem right now. I know clearly that's what it is. That said, there's also a mind component because I was reflecting on my mom who fell down that same step previously. Oh. So is- Get rid of that so, step. <laughs> I know, I'm like, I'm gonna have to like put a flashing doot, doot, doot light on that last step before the landing. <laughs> but um, I, the way I look at this is I have linked um, the body issues with feeling, like actually uh -huh. feeling the sensations. Mind challenges stem around or the ability to release things that aren't serving us. And then the spirit piece is I've connected that with forgiveness. And what I found over the course of um, you know, my life basically is that we do have many things that are not forgiven. 
and that we hold on to issues. Um, and they could be, you know, even within like whatever church, ooh, sorry about that, um, within our spiritual communities, there's a lot of stuff going on there that many people are not real thrilled with. Um, but, or let's say, and I'll take a, a slight a political stab, race issues. Okay, uh-huh. we need, if we're really going to heal these issues, which are palpable, uh-huh. there needs to be forgiveness and there needs to be forgiveness on all avenues. We weren't right. there, but we Not need constant to reminders of how evil yes. we are. Right. And so we just like physically um, on the individual micro level, we've got um, individual people, but take it to the macro level of societies. It's the same thing. If we keep yeah. focusing on the negative, we're just going to keep getting it. Yeah. We can't even, we can't seem to envision what we want as a country. And yeah. that's, that's dangerous. And it makes sense. I mean, if you have a problem with your adult child, you know, you're not going to keep reminding them about your differences. That's only going to make it worse. You're going to, hey, let's forget the past. Let's move forward, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's how you heal race issues. (laughs) I mean, it's just logically, it's common sense. You do it with your own kids. Right. Well, and so where did, where did we go off track with the logic? I mean, we're, we're just listening to the craziness and it's like, it makes no sense. Get back to philosophy and logic and Don't Aristotle me and with logic. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh crazy. But All right. um, well, we've run uh, the course of our time here. I know an hour goes so fast, doesn't it? It goes how so do we fast, a, Dave. How do we get a hold of you if we they want to? Uh, you have a okay. book. Well, the book is um, yeah, talking about the spirit piece. I'm reworking the, the second part. So. Um, how to thrive even while healing pain, reuniting body, mind, and spirit through a hopeful, um, empowering lens, I think is, is the, the, the title of this You can't remember point. your title either. So I Yes, I know. Better. So it's like you have to have <laughs> those two It's a great book. Parts. Sounds a great, like, like a great title. Yes. And, so, uh, but on in Amazon, the meantime, I'm assuming. Pardon? It's on Amazon. They can get it. Well, uh, hope, I mean, it's not to that point yet. I'm going, it's soon at some point, 2021. Okay. It soon to be released. released. It's soon to be released. But um, you can reach me um, on nursesempoweringhealth.com. Oh. And I'm updating my website. So, but there is a place where you can go ahead and give me your information and we can mm-hmm. have a chat for 30 minutes and talk about some things. And wow. the actual comfort quest um, vision is there. So we're just planting seeds. I just want people to authentically feel better and know who they are. There you go. Thank you so much. And Caregiver Dave is how you get a hold of me. And we've got some free gifts for you. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Thank you. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise. Like the birds will never sing again Keep breathing Take it in and let it out Keep breathing.